This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and this is a show that helps you find and follow your bliss. Today, we have two great powerhouse women on the show, Rebecca Eckler, one of Canada's best-known journalists and authors, and someone who really says it like it is, which is so refreshing. I've been wanting to have her on for a while, so I'm so happy to have her here today. And another guest who has been on our show back in season one, and we're so happy to have her back again as well, and that is jazz singer extraordinaire, Genevieve Marantet, also known as Gigi, and we'll catch up with her and hear what she is doing in these unprecedented times, which is accepting commissions to sing and interpret custom-designed songs, and we will hear a gorgeous one today. All of that and more coming up, but first, let me tell you about our first guest. I'm so delighted to have Rebecca Eckler on the program. As many of you know, Rebecca Eckler is one of Canada's best-known journalists and authors. She is the international best-selling author of Knocked Up, Toddlers Gone Wild, Wiped, and How to Raise a Boyfriend, and most recently, her latest book, Blissfully Blended BS, which is doing extremely well especially in these times. Rebecca has been a columnist at the National Post and the Globe and Mail, and her work has also appeared in the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times, as well as in numerous magazines and on parenting blogs all across North America. She has worked as the executive editor of Savvy Mom for many years, a website for all things parenting related, and Rebecca won Best Columnist two years in a row at the Canadian Online Publishing Awards. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. It's so great to have you here. I'm so glad we could finally have you on season two of Finding Your Bliss. And uh, as we talked about in the online green room before the show, I remember meeting you at the restaurant Rees about six or eight months ago. And we were laughing and talking about your book with your parents and your boyfriend. And so much has changed since then. What is your take on the current situation of COVID-19 and really how our world has turned upside down? Well, it's interesting because everyone always says you're either going to get, you know, come out of this stronger and more loving and kind to each other, or you're going to get a divorce. To me, that is just so black and white. The people that I've been speaking to or my friends, they had already sort of started the divorce process before this hit. And now no one can afford lawyers. They can't afford a second place. So they're really like stuck together. Um, And they really do not want to be together. (laughs) They didn't want to be together before this. And now they're stuck together. Even more so. And you even said to me the other day that you at one point in a two or three day period had over 80 phone calls, not even from friends, from readers um, calling you for advice and for help. I know it is absolutely crazy. And this is, I like technology. I'm not one of those people that's, you know, oh, I'm not on this. I'm, I love social media for exactly that reason, for connecting to people. You know, I write very conversationally. So a lot of people, you know, think of me as a friend and I write as, I'm, as if I was writing to a friend. So I think it's now about 93. I've been kind of checking them off. <laughs> 93 wow. calls, yes, from people all in some sort of non-traditional family. So, uh, you know, they're either getting separated, divorced, 
they are in blended families or they're in a relationship and not living together, but they've been in a relationship for a long time and one will have kids, the other will have kids too, but they just don't mix those worlds together. In a blended family, like I say, you can't force people to love each other. You just can't do it. Um, like I can't force you to love me. Can I? I don't know. I, I love you. I love maybe, you already. <laughs> maybe I could bribe you. <laughs> no, but that's what I say in uh, blissfully blended BS that, you know, there's so many variations in a blended family for people to get along, um, especially if you're not related biologically. Um, so my story is, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's like a modern day tale. And I hate when people compare this book to the Brady Bunch because the Brady Bunch, we never saw exes, right? We never saw his ex-wife. We didn't know what happened to her ex-husband, right? So Exactly. And like one of the hardest things for me to do when we decided to blend houses was I had, I have a daughter, my now ex, because my blended world imploded, but we had a son together and he also had two older children. So, and then we had a baby son together. Yes. Wow. (laughs) So it's like the math is really hard to do, but I was getting so tired of just like reading articles about stepmother and stepchild relationship because Actually, that's not that's one aspect of blending families, but mm-hmm. it's not the only aspect. There are so many people who need to get along to make a blended family really, really successful. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, I truly believe you need a really, really big heart to get into the blended family experience or situation. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, I remember uh, the story. The story about the prom dress in the dressing room with um, one of one of your bonus children, one of your, your your stepchildren, and and how difficult that is. That the child basically went back to their mother for approval as she was gone in the dressing room for a long time, and that's hurtful because there you were, you know, being you know, sort of a mom, right? You were being the person who, who was showing generosity of spirit and putting love in your heart. And you were so excited to share this experience. And that's hurtful. It's complicated. You know, it's not a simple thing. The hardest thing for me was to tell my daughter's father that another man was moving into the house with his daughter because I didn't ever want him to think that he was being replaced or that our daughter would want to stay with me more because we had a new baby, you know? It's... it's I feel like I suffered a lot, honestly, throughout it because I just went in uh, doing the smartest thing anyone can do going into a relationship, which is didn't discuss anything at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 I am that smart. We did not talk about anything at all. I was also, you know, in my late 30s and I had an urge for another baby and I was going to have a baby one way or the other. And so I think I kind of had love goggles on a little bit there or my um, ovaries were screaming at me, telling me time's clicking, it's clicking. So anyway, we did have a beautiful baby boy. And then I found it fascinating because every expert that I read said that it takes about five years for everybody to find their place in family, their role, how they feel comfortable. But for us, it got worse after five years. It, it became terrible after two years. Um, so, and I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me any of this? None of my friends who also had been in previous blended families or had stepchildren or dealing with exes, 
no one told me how hard it would be. And the prom dress story that we were talking about, it did hit me hard because we were we weren't doing so well in our relationship at that point. And so for her to ask me to go dress shopping with her, I thought, oh, this is going to get us back on track because this is something you're going to do. And I couldn't figure out why she was in the change room for so long. Um, I mean, we're women. It does take us longer (laughs) to get things over. I don't know. I I don't want to say this, but I'm like, how how many dresses have you ripped in a... Change, change room by accident because you couldn't get it over your hips or your head so you're just like ripping everything off but she finally came out and I with this beautiful dress and I said that's so gorgeous it's beautiful she mm-hmm. and then she came back out she said no my mother doesn't like it so the mm-hmm. entire time I didn't know she was taking pictures of herself mm-hmm. in a dress and sending them to her mom And I was outside the change room thinking, oh, this is like, we're bonding here. But the final say always came down to my ex's children's mother. So even, you know, from the very beginning, I wanted the kids to get along and send them to an overnight camp together. And the mother was like, nope, I'm upset that my kids are not going to that camp. Don't know why. Mm -hmm. In all honesty, we really didn't have a chance to blend really from the beginning because they were off at their camp for the summer. My daughter was off at her overnight camp. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's weird. They never really became close ever. And so we were living together for seven years. So in all that seven years, they never really bonded and we never forced it because you can't force love. But on the opposite end, to be perfectly honest, and I, there is a chapter in the book about this, you can't help but, I hate to say love more. It's a different kind of love or a different kind of feeling, but I would always side with my daughter, no matter what. Of course, of course. Right? Like, it's just Absolutely. innate. You, you know, people say, oh, I don't, and likewise, I don't, you know, I never felt comfortable disciplining his kids when I thought, hey, you guys came with the dog. You guys have to take care of the dog. Actually, in fact, it was, this is actually really funny. Right from the start, as they were moving in, the ex-wife said, I'm not taking the dog. Either Rebecca takes the dog and the dog lives with Rebecca, or I'm giving the dog away. And and I'm like, okay, you've just pushed me into a corner because I want these girls to like me. And no offense, I had a seven-year-old daughter. If I had wanted a dog, I would have had a dog, right? Right, right. <laughs> so I got the dog too um, because wow. I couldn't say no. I would be the bad person if I said, no, I'm not, I don't want a dog in the house yeah. because it was their dog. So there's a time lapse between writing a book and then it actually getting onto shelves. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And since then, so we broke up two years ago. And so now I have a son that has two sisters from my ex's side. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk except for the a happy birthday text, happy, you know, holidays. And my daughter doesn't keep in touch with any of them. Oh boy. Not my ex, not yeah. his daughters. And when you think about it, seven years, is it's not it's a long time, but it's not a short time. <laughs> Um, and actually, unfortunately too, my son's grandmother, not my mother, his, my ex's Mm -hmm. mother, she, she, I, I'll say it. She detests me. She really, really Mm -hmm. does not like me. And I I tried numerous times too. 
um, to just say, listen, like he's my kid, he's your grandchild. We should be able to be civil. Um, <laughs> but no. And it's because I got very mad at her and it's an interesting chapter in the book because she actually, she basically said she loves my son more than she loves my daughter because my son is biologically related to her. She said it was different. And to me, I'm a mama bear to my daughter, right? Uh, uh, Those are fighting words. But to her credit, she knew she had messed up by saying that to me. But that's why blending families is so hard because even with the grandparent parents, they get involved and suddenly my mom's saying, what do I, like, it's their birthday. Do I, do I have to get uh, my, my new step grandchildren gifts and, you know, and all these little things. So I don't, I don't think my parents really understood what I had gone through, through all the, through through those seven years, because Mm -hmm. um, you just kind of think it's normal, right? Until it becomes too much. And for me, it became too much. And I think and I take a full accountability in the book too. I look like a bit of an ass myself in the book. I come across sometimes very selfish, but you know, I was used to being a priority and I am telling women, and I do say this, I say it candidly, you'll never be the number one priority if your person has a kid. And we're assuming they're good parents. So, you know, they're good parents, right? And you are a good parent. I know this about you because I know that you're a wonderful parent to Rowan. And I know that you are like two peas in a pod. You're so close to her. And I know you have the same thing with your son, Holt. And I know you also put a lot of love in your heart and you try hard. And I think the reason this book has been so successful, Blissfully Blended BS, is it's just really struck a chord with people, I think, because it's so real and authentic and transparent and it's funny. It's very funny and engaging. And it really chronicles what happens. And it's and as as you say in the book, Blissfully Blended BS, the uncomfortable truth of blending families. It's not the Brady Bunch. No. And in fact, we're, we're around Mother's Day, right? That became a huge issue too, because his, uh, even after like four or five years, there were some mother's days I didn't even get a text from my ex's children. And, you know, they were teenagers and yes, it's uncomfortable for them too. So I recognize that, you know, it was uncomfortable, but I said, you know, they could have just like sent a text at the very least. So uh, my partner at the time uh, I saw him like like typing in his phone. Next thing I hear, bing, bing from his two kids. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Day. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> and I'm like, it's like 11 o'clock at night. I have one more hour of Mother's Day, but thank you. <laughs> but oh, on the boy. other end, I on Father's Day, I would actually, I didn't make her because, well, I sort of did make my daughter make him a, a card. I always uh, made her acknowledge him and she wrote him the nicest Happy Father's Day mm-hmm. card. Mm-hmm. So So it's It's the right way. That's the right way. Your, your life, Rebecca, and your family landscape has changed dramatically since the book. Can you explain? So people always ask like, would you blend again? And I (laughs) will say I'm gunshot. I will say I will blend in the sense if I don't have to live with other people's children. Mm -hmm. And I say that only because I don't think I'm the type of person who has that sort of just huge, open, selfless heart to welcome more people into my house. 
Um, I'm a little gun shy, but I am in a relationship, but he, his kids are already in university. I don't have to raise them. I don't have to discipline them. We have a very nice, friendly relationship. But on the other end, I have a seven-year-old and we're a package. So, uh, so I'm dating someone and he has to deal with it, you know, not, not deal with it, but he has to accept me for my two children. Right. I think he goes beyond even accepting you. And what you've written about and I and have shared with me is that sometimes you go, wait a minute, what about me? They get along so well that when you're your little guy, your your whole two seven years old and your and your boyfriend actually <laughs> having such a good time together. And I, and how nice is that? It is it I actually want to cry, not just because it's nice, because I feel so blessed that my child likes my boyfriend more than likes mm-hmm. adores him because mm-hmm. I know my ex he's been, he you know he went dating and he had a really big problem with other uh, like women who didn't understand that you know our kid came first so he actually was in a long term but they ended up breaking up because my son hated her so much why who knows? I mean, I did try to get out of him. And one of the answers was she has blonde hair. So, I mean, he's, set, he's, set, he's seven. He doesn't, he can't, and a, and a boy, so he can't verbalize his feeling. But I feel blessed. I don't feel happy about it. I feel relieved wow. and so blessed because if I had to make that choice between my kids hating someone, someone that I liked, and people will disagree with me about this, hmm. I think I would take my kids. I really, I, I, I would. And I would have to say goodbye to a relationship. But I do know other people, other women, who, even good friends of mine, whose stepchildren, they hate, or the new girlfriends, so much that it puts the person in such an awkward position. Because as adults, yes, we want a life. We deserve a life. We deserve happiness if we want to be in a relationship. Of course. But, you know, sometimes the kids... Like I said, you can't force love. You can't even force like. Um, I think you can ask for civility, though. I think you sh- you can say you have to be civil. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I have one friend who has been in a blended family for, I'd say, 15 years now. And the mm-hmm. kid has never liked her. And to this day does not like her. So. Wow. That's hard. That I mean, it's a crack so shoot. Yeah. So that's why I, I feel more blessed and happy because... Yeah, because I like them both. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, like of course. Them both. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Beyond. In the online green room before the show, Rebecca, you gave me a hint of a sneak peek into your latest book, which you're currently working on. Can you give us a little glimpse of what that's going to be? Um, yeah, sure. So I'm um, hitting midlife, but midlife nowadays is so different from any other generation of like hitting midlife. Exactly. My working title is Why Didn't Anyone Tell Me? Because I, <laughs> there are so many incidents that come up that I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me? Like even going back, you know, uh, you know, as women, we know not to criticize our friends' husbands because they're just in a fight. And if you say something about the husband, like, oh, I hate him, he's disgusting. Well, they're going to make up, and then your friend is not going to like you so much. Exactly. But but it, like even when I turned forty, the day I turned forty, I noticed my eyes sight were was going to go, like it was going. And I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me that was going to happen? And then Re- reading works. directions, reading directions I, on the Tylenol bottle and you have to like use your magnifying oh or God. take a picture with your phone and enlarge it so you can read what it says, how many Tylenols to take. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm actually like sort of relieved that I'm not 
we're not allowed in restaurants because I'm like, I need a candle. I use my phone flashlight <laughs> and like reading glasses and I, and I still can't read it. I'm like, just order for me, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. It's so but funny. Actually, yeah, no, but like, for example, my daughter said to me about four years ago, she said, why, why are you in a bad mood, mommy? I said, I'm not in a bad mood. What, <laughs> what do you mean? She goes, you look like you're in a bad mood. You're frowning. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not frowning. This is my face. <laughs> so I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me I look like I'm angry all the time? Right. So obviously my next call was to a Botox person. <laughs> so I don't look mean mummy-ish anymore. <laughs> Rebecca, what are you finding? And I'm just going to go back to COVID for a second because there's been a huge uptick in sales of Blissfully Blended BS. What are you finding are your best coping mechanisms during this incredible time that we're living in? For, for me personally, uh, someone told me to calm yourself down if you're anxious, to, mm-hmm. hold, to, to hold an ice cube in each hand hmm. until they're frozen. And, wow. and I'm not a doctor, but uh, it seemed to work. Same with like taking a cold, like a very cold shower. It just kind of shocks your system into calm down. Um, yes. I, I, I feel like I'm, I hate to say it, like I, I, I'm a little ahead of this COVID thing because I already had a little bit of a, uh, I, I call you know, a breakdown um, before COVID. So mm-hmm. I had already gone through all the anxiousness, the depression. So mm-hmm. in that sense, if you, I, I actually think in some sense, if you're an anxious uh, person who leads towards depression anyway, you're almost better off than people who have never suffered from depression or anxiety because now the world has come down to the anxious level for the anxious people. The world is now with us. (laughs) The world is on our side. So I think we're somewhat better equipped for it. We're ahead of the game. Um, We're ahead of the game. Yeah. What are the things that I think we we talked also in the green room about some of the things like Reese's Pieces and chocolate, the things that really get us through these times? I swear to you. Okay. So (laughs) what gets me through is cannabis and chocolate, to tell you the (laughs) truth. I mean, okay. Cannabis and chocolate every (laughs) night. But the problem is the nights are becoming, you know, where I used to take, you know, cannabis at eight after the kids are in bed. Then it became like seven. Now it's like 6.30. I don't know. By the time this is over, I could be a, a total stoner. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I hope not. I, I, I'm kidding, of course. But I mean, cannabis and, and chocolate, especially Reese's Pieces, has been my savior. <laughs> and I will throw in a little vain thing because my hairdresser told me that she is nonstop answering phones because so many of us women, we don't know how to dye our own hair. Oh my goodness. I mean, I definitely (laughs) couldn't do it on myself, but so she's doing mixes (laughs) for people Yes, and you pick them up, but the vanity part of it. (laughs) I I just did that, by the way, I did, I dyed my hair for the very first time. It really was like an, I love Lucy episode. (laughs) (laughs) It worked. It it actually took two tries because I forgot the back, but it worked. And, uh, but my goodness, the things that we're having to do, right. That we've never done. Right. And, um, I tried Veet for oh, my very too. first time. Okay. <laughs> oh God. I, I got to tell you, it's like the next best thing for women 
like next to tampons because I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I've been spending 25 years paying for someone to wax me when I can buy like a $5 bottle of beet that does the exact same thing. And it's like, it is actually idiot proof. Like it's it is true. idiot proof. It's true. It's true. Right? Three minutes, three minutes. You put on the moisturizer. Lily helped me. My daughter helped me do it. And it was, uh, wow, this is fantastic. I know. So I'm, I'm actually learned a little bit, you know, like, and I also think we're coming out of this. We're going to realize that all these things that we thought we needed, we don't really need, you know, that's right. Right. We, we don't suddenly, I don't, no longer need a waxer. I know that because <laughs> I, I found beet. <laughs> I, but, uh, yeah, no, the, the, re- the Reese's Pieces has been my savior. And I, I'm, it looks like I'm just on my social feeds. It looks like I'm the only one that's getting gaining weight. Everyone else looks amazing. They're <laughs> exercising, they're walking, and I'm sitting here eating chocolate <laughs> and drinking tequila sometimes. And I'm just like, I'm the only one that is gaining weight during this, truly. I, that's well, how you I You know feel. what? You, you, <laughs> always are in, you always are in great shape. And it's funny, I was going to ask you if you do any of the online classes, but you look amazing to me. You really do. Well, I do a non-doc, to be honest, again, <laughs> non-doctor. If I need to lose weight for something, I know how to do it. Rebecca, do you have any favorite Netflix series that you're loving or anything that you're loving to do Okay, have a little extra time? Yeah, I just finished the Tiger King and I have to say that was fascinating, but I am so dumbed down, like going back and watching old Real Housewives of New Jersey. <laughs> I am at the depth of stupidity when it comes to television, <laughs> but I find it like I need it. Yeah. I need something so dumb. So I let me watch women arguing over the stupidest thing possible for 18 <laughs> episodes because I need to just chill and relax and not think about and not worry and just make sure everything's calm. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't I watch so- news that much. I just, it's, I say that and then I read it and then I think there's more news, but in reality, everyone just has to take a deep breath and wait yeah. a couple of months. And, yeah. um, actually I'm kind of, you know, it made me really for the first time in my life, really, really budget really, really think about what I need because I don't know where this is going to end. I don't know when, I don't know how. So I'm really being super careful. And it's been a really good learning lesson for me, actually, to actually think about, do you really need this? Or do I need a a hairbrush that costs $30? Or do I need the $5 one? Guess what? I needed the $5 one, you know? Like, it's really made me think about little things. So, um if I'm looking at a positive side of this, mm-hmm. that's one of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> and what, what is the first thing you can't wait to do when this is all over? Oh my gosh. Uh, what do I want to do when this is over? Um, I, I, I probably, I'll probably be doing cartwheels like <laughs> outside, <laughs> like a kid. Actually, I would like to start traveling again. I would like to, you know, maybe go yeah. somewhere. That, that would be nice, like to go on a vacation. Absolutely. But that's going to be a while. That's going to be a long while. What is bliss for Rebecca Eckler right now? The second or in life? Just in life. <laughs> Either one, whatever you wish. <laughs> I'm telling you, chocolate and a veet. 
speak some beat. It's getting me through. I, 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 I live a pretty simple life. <laughs> People like you, like talking about the, like the realities of it and getting these wonderful guests on that are just so interesting. So, you know, thank you for like doing the show because People need to be honest and you get the good answers out of people. So thank you. You're amazing, Rebecca Eckler. And I want to say, I really love your book. It's fabulous. It's fun. And it's so real and authentic. And I know that people really will benefit from reading it and just enjoy reading it. It's, it's, it's also a blissful beach read for the summer. So it's a great book. And I thank you so much. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. I would like to have that glass of wine or rosé or, or as you say, tequila. 100%. After this is all over. No, I, I would share a bottle of wine with you. 100%. All right. We're going to do it. We're going to do Actually, that Actually, that's sure. what I can't wait to do. I can't wait to go cocktailing. I really can't. Yeah. And get dressed to... and get dressed like in a, in a, in a fun little dress and, and not like, not in your leggings and, and, and sweatpants the way we've all been living. That's going to be so fun. Oh my gosh. I know to put on a bra again, that would be, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a transition. Forget about the kids going back to school. I'm going to have to get into a bra. Like priority people, priorities. I've loved, I've loved our conversation, Blissfully Blended BS, The Uncomfortable Truth of Blending Families is available everywhere at all booksellers and on Amazon. And I want to thank you so much, Rebecca. It's been an absolute delight. I've loved talking to you. And um, that's it. So we're going to a quick commercial break. When we come back, more of Finding Your Bliss. Be right back. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back. This is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we are here, and I'm about to introduce you to Gigi, Genevieve Marantet, who you will remember from a wonderful show we did together on season one of Finding Your Bliss, along with George Collar and Bill McBurney. And uh, it was just a gorgeous show. And here we are back in this new incarnation. Um, Genevieve Gigi Marantet has established herself as one of Toronto's most recognizable and illustrious vocalists. After many years of musical training, Gigi spent eight years performing in Asia and Europe, and since her return to Toronto, has released an EP produced by George Collar, 
and she's worked with David Clayton Thomas, Don Thompson, Ted Quinlan, and Jane Sibbery. Genevieve grew up in the Windsor, Detroit experimental jazz and electronic music scenes and has an extensive background in Brazilian world blues jazz and is known for her fearless approach to song interpretation, which we'll talk about today. She's also one of the co-founders of Molly Johnson's Kensington Market Jazz Festival now in its fifth year. And in this time of social distancing and quarantine, Genevieve is doing something fascinating. She is offering song requests and she is commissioning a bespoke recording of a song that you love. And you can make a special dedication to someone that you love produced by this very special artist, Gigi. And she will literally sing anything that you want her to sing. And you can actually commission her to sing a song. And we'll learn more about how you can go about doing that. So it really is the perfect digital gift for anything you can imagine by an extraordinary interpreter. To do all of this, all you have to do is visit flowerchildgenevieve.com. Gigi, welcome back to Finding Your Bliss. Hi, Judy. It's so nice to talk to you again. How are you you doing? Oh, it's, you know, it's the ups and downs, right? I'm doing well, trying to stay cheerful and positive. But boy, oh boy, has, has the world ever flipped upside down. How are you getting through this time? And what is your take on on what's happened to the world since COVID-19? Oh, it's a roller coaster. I think it is for everyone, especially artists uh, and musicians. Uh, we're already very sensitive uh, and and we're very uh, reliant on connections uh, in person with other people. So it's a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, but I've, I've got a really strong support network and people like you, uh, to lean upon and, and there's so many resources and there's such positivity as well in the world, um, to, to be drawn towards. It's just about keeping that positive thinking going. And, you know, I I did have a cry session on Monday, um, when I heard the news, uh, and sometimes I just have to avoid the news right now because I, I, I don't want to spend my whole day being unproductive and crying. Sometimes I feel that way. I know. Just brutal. What what happened in Nova Scotia, just beyond brutal. You think at a time like this, when the world is already upside down, that people would just all come together. And so it's just been so tragic. And we, again, have to give a shout out to all of those healthcare workers and frontline people who every day are going into hospitals and working and fighting this. And of course, all of the essential workers. What is helping you personally cope? What are some of your own coping mechanisms that you could share with our listeners? Well, I cut out all of the sources of anxiety for me and added some more strengthening practices like meditation in the morning and uh, writing morning pages and also night pages. I did this beautiful night page journaling uh, project from um, Pondercast project, and I recommend checking out pondercast.ca. Uh, did a nice night journaling, an eight night project there, um, just to to stay uh, very present. And uh, if I'm very honest, I haven't had a drink in over a month. I felt like that I needed to take out depressives from from my my life completely, just to make sure that I was able to cope because I do feel really sensitive and quite sad in a way to to not be able to to do what I felt I was born to do every day is a, is a really challenging thing and and so 
I just really wanted to to give my my headspace a clear, uh, open, present state to survive it. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I understand the crying so much, um, Gigi, because I've done that myself. Um, way not commensurate sometimes with the movie that I'm watching that isn't isn't that sad, and I'll just have like a crying session. And I've I've just uh, interviewed um, Rebecca Eckler on the show, and she talked about you know also having like a five hour crying jag. Like I think this is very common that we're we're really feeling things more. Our, our whole world is sort of upset, right? We're we're our routine is upset. The inability to be with people is not happening. So it's very normal that our emotions are way out of whack. Is this helping you write more? Are you finding that you're motivated or sort of a little bit paralyzed about writing? Like, where are you at with your own songwriting? Oh, I, I, I have to rely on other people to give me tasks to keep me focused. And I have uh, also done that for, for other friends. Like I have a friend named Whitney Ross Barris and, uh, she was struggling to write. She's a great songwriter. And, uh, and so I gave her an assignment and then she was able to, to do it. So it's just about kind of giving oneself structure and assignment and deadlines. Otherwise things just kind of get meandery. Um, but back to like this, this feeling isolated and etc. Et Actually, I feel more connected to all of my creative friends and to a collective consciousness. I, I don't know if that is a real thing or not, but I do feel like we are so connected in that this pandemic proves it, that you have to really take good care of yourself because your, your behavior towards yourself can affect others. Like if, if you are sick right now and in the hospital, you're taking up space for someone who may need it more. And, and so we really do have to just take care of ourselves as best we can. And, and for me, that means, um, you know, keeping my mental health in check by staying creative and forcing myself, even if it's difficult. <laughs> and I love that you're taking commissions. This is a really cool thing that you are starting to do. Can you explain to our audience more about how it works? Well, I spent a long time singing in hotels and taking people's requests in person. And I, I'm not really, I, I'm not a good instrumentalist, so I can't get a guitar and a piano and do a zoom concert for you guys. So I, I just decided to try to hone my very basic production skills, um, and interpret songs the way that I always do. Like I, as a jazz musician, I interpret songs from every era, every style, every decade, uh, possibly imaginable. So it's been really fun so far. Um, and most of the commissions have come so far from people that I know. And so there's a real intimate, um, exchange happening there. It's, it's really wonderful. I just finished one today for an anniversary for one of my very dear friends. I went to her wedding, so I know the couple very well and she surprised her partner with a sea of love. So I did Aww. a very interesting, very particular version in the style that I knew that they would enjoy. And there's a lot of joy in it. It's fabulous. It's fun. That's so fantastic. And you know what I love about you? I remember um, the last time that I interviewed you, you telling me that you had over 1,000 songs in your repertoire. Wow. I don't know. That's... I mean, if you sing six <laughs> nights a week and, you know, I, 
I, I did start in the jazz roots, but then when you sing in hotels six nights a week, like the Ritz Carlton and the Mandarin Oriental and the Four Seasons and the Shangri-La in Hong Kong, I did that in Shanghai. And, and, and so you, you know, I, I'm the type of person I get bored very easily and I don't like to repeat things. So I'm always taking on new chunks of repertoire. Like last year I, I took on for the entire year, just the year of 1969 and mastering songs from that era and making them my own arrangements. And, and you were at my show at the Jazz Bistro, the last show that I did. Oh (laughs) Oh my goodness. That show, I will never forget as long as I live. And I'm so glad I was, I have people that were with me to, to, to witness it with me. It was happening. It wasn't even like a show. I don't know what you did. It was, you, you weaved your magic and and that was it. I became a fan that night, and sure. And I think I said to you in the middle of uh, two of you, some of your sets, I said, "Hey, would you like to be on Finding Your Bliss on Super Radio?" And you got up on the stage, and you were like, "Hey, yes, I'll definitely do the show." And and we made it happen. And here you are back again. Well, so what a great have- title, Finding Your Bliss. <laughs> Who can say no to that, Judy? <laughs> it was that was honestly like uh, when people hear you sing your voice is gorgeous but there's something about hearing you and seeing you the combination that is it's just unparalleled and and really you you know um john franks when speaking about you said you are a lovely muse of music a femme fatale from film noir jazz improvisation at its best an honest little girl with a great sense of humor that the world's been waiting for that's genevieve gigi marantette tell me about don franks Oh, the great, great Don Franks. I mean, he was just a magical person. Men adored him and wanted to be him, and women got weak in the knees around him, even in his <laughs> 80s on film sets. Uh, he would make you swoon. And he was just extremely um, authentic to who he was and had a cosmic vibration. Uh, and, and he chose a very unique path in life and I think it guided him well. And he was really, really kind to me because I'm not super, I do feel kind of alien, uh, as a, as me in the world. So he was, he was just really made me feel like it's okay to be me, to be weird, to be an artist and to be myself and, and to keep going as who I am. And, and, um, I really was grateful to him because there were points in my, in my career where I would question, like now, actually, if I if I should continue being a musician. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the answer is a resounding yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, money money has to come in in some in some way, you know. So figuring that out, it's it's not it's not streaming anymore. So I hope that we can all be creative in in finding ways to remunerate the arts that we do appreciate, whether it's film or dance or uh, music art we have to you know if we are if we are going to live in a digital world for a while we still need to fuel the content creators and not take them for granted because we're all at home enjoying that content so let's not mm-hmm. get too comfortable watching these free live streams and um try absolutely to, try to tip absolutely. the artists how much would it be to commission a song uh, by Gigi? Well, it's hard to say. It's definitely a sliding scale because I don't want to say no to anyone and I don't want it to be about a price point. The minimum I have set right now is $100. Um, and I generally spend between four 
or more hours to do these. And somehow I ended up making videos to accompany the songs because I think it's fun. And so that's extra work, but it's just so fun to make a little video. Um, so whatever you want to pay, pay, everything is okay. I'm not going to say no. And, um, I just want to give music to people in a loving way. And and that's exactly what you do. And the glory of love is so gorgeous. I have to also tell people that your interpretations are unbelievable. What is your process? How do you create these interpretations that are I I I don't know where you dream them because they're they're from another world. Like they're just unbelievable. Well, I have so many different influences and I listen to all kinds of music. And it really also comes from who's asking. So, uh, today, you know, the couple that was asking, they're young and they listen to like hip hop and trap music. So the beat that I gave them was a very modern, very sexy, groovy loop. And so I did a very old song over that. So, or, you know, I, I definitely grew up in the dance music scene, so I like to make beats as well. Um, but the glory of love that you're going to play, um, it's, it's just, it's just, I wanted something that was very happy, but melancholic. And so I went for a Latin vibe and less is more. I can't play the piano well or the guitar. So I just did bass and drums and you'll hear it's very sparse. And it's, it's, uh, they were, the couple was very, very happy about it. Um, they danced to it. So that's all wow. I wanted. <laughs> so great. You used to sing at salons with Canadian media pioneer and the founder and head of Zoomer Media, Moses Neimer, who ah. owns this station that we're on right now. What was that like having these salon evenings of music with Moses Neimer? Well, you know, we were right around the corner on Fraser Avenue in a warehouse that was occupied by artists for 33 years until November of 2017. Uh, so it was like a wonderful vibe there. And Moses would come over when we had salons. Salons were held by my roommate at the time, the wonderful James B. And they've always been friends. Um, and so he would come over and just hang out and check out what we were doing, which was just sort of free jam sessions with um, mm. some of our friends who are the the best and brightest in the jazz community. The, the biggest sweethearts would come through our house. Uh, mm -hmm. There were only about 20 to 25 people, um, you know, so, so it was always different people. And Moses is super sweet, um, loves to hang out and listen to musicians. And sometimes he would get an idea for something and then we, we would see him champion someone or whatever. And so Moses is super lovely. Um, and he's very, yeah. very artistic. So yeah, he's yeah, a great, absolutely. great pioneer. How can people contact you if they want to commission a song? I'll just head over to my website, flowerchildgenevieve.com. And uh, there's some examples of some songs that I've done up there. Um, and keep in mind, oh, I can I can really do any genre, any any style or, you know, and I've, if I'm left, left to come up with my own style with some suggestions or parameters, that's when things work the best. That's awesome. That's so great. What is bliss for Gigi right now? Oh, good question. Um cooking meals for my boyfriend. <laughs> it's just, there's so much gratitude in, in being able to be with anyone and have food together. I just, yes. I cannot take that for granted. And I know Absolutely. that a lot of people are really struggling and suffering around the world and that we're just, we're so blessed to be Canadian 
and uh, it helps just to have that. And I really do feel grateful for for having food and and love around. Yeah, and music and music, right? Because the truth is, here's the irony: music is what's getting all of us through. It really is. I mean, people were saying, you know, so much has been taken away from us, but we can still read books. We still have love. We still have some of our family members. We're still, you know, most of us have a roof over our heads. We hope that everyone has a roof over their heads and we have music. And I think music is like musicians need to be compensated because uh, they're, they're providing some serious um, stress relief and uh, just joy and happiness and catharsis to so many people. So I, I want to promote every artist, people like you who are doing the beautiful work in this world that you're doing, because you're keeping us sane. Well, thank truly. you. And if you want to help uh, musicians in Canada, there's a wonderful foundation, Unison Benevolent Fund. Uh, their website is unison.ca. And Spotify has agreed to match donations of up to $10 million. So if you want to do something wow. for the music community, they've, I've already gotten a bursary from them. So they're acting fast. I've done tons of fundraising for them since their inception. They're a fantastic uh, music industry run foundation that's already been helping artists in their times of need. So if someone gets an injury or has a mental health issue, they really do help local artists. So Unison Fund please check them that's out. If you're, if you're able to give to them, that's wonderful. Uh, so um, you just spell that for us just so everyone can hear it. Unison uh, is U-N-I-S-O-N-F-U-N-D.ca. Unisonfund.ca. Wonderful. That's so wonderful. We're so excited to have Gigi as the featured artist of the week. This is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. In Bliss News, I just want to tell you about one of the most blissful hours of my week, and it comes from Jake's Sunday Zoom Jam, created by a beautiful person inside and out, Ellen Schwartz. And as she puts it, quote, Life is hard for everyone during this time in our lives, but those who had challenges before are even more challenged now, especially for families with children who have special needs. Our son, Jacob, couldn't walk, talk, see, or move. We were told he wouldn't live to face his fifth birthday, but he lived until 21 years of age. Although he couldn't speak, music lit up his soul. It was one language he spoke fluently. Due to this, so many talented performers would come over to sing with him. Sundays in our house were magical. Today, so many families cannot go outside. So in honor of Jacob's memory, we are bringing the sun inside. We have been holding Sunday Zoom jams, connecting special needs families with talented performers. This Zoom concert is lifting spirits week after week. When there is love, there is hope. When there is hope, there is everything. That was from... Ellen, Ellen Schwartz, Jacob's mom. But I just want to say that we are all thinking of Jacob on what would have been his 23rd birthday this weekend, and he will live on in our hearts and our souls forever. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. 
Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. I'm so thrilled to uh, introduce right now our featured artist this week, the one and only Gigi, singing this gorgeous song, Glory of Love.
so beautiful love that (laughs) oh that was just gorgeous thank you so much for being on our show again we hope you'll come back anytime to finding your bliss so if you are a singer and you want to be considered to appear on finding your bliss radio please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com as well if you would like to commission a song by the one and only Gigi just go to her website which is flowerchildgenevieve.com and get in touch with this beautiful, wonderful artist who is truly making the world a better place. Thank you so much, Gigi, for being with us again on Finding Your Bliss and stay healthy and stay safe. I would love to thank all of my guests for being on the show today, the fabulous Rebecca Eckler and thanks to the incredible Gigi. We're going to go right into our meditation for the week, continuing with the theme of love. Let's begin by settling back Get as comfortable as you can. Soften your forehead and all the muscles in your face, in your cheeks. Drop your jaw and gently close your eyes. And let's begin by taking in a deep breath right in through the nose and out through the nose or mouth, whatever feels more comfortable. Another beautiful, deep inhale in through the nose and out through the nose or mouth once again, letting it all go and feeling ever more relaxed. And I would love to leave you with this thought. Picture a person for whom you feel great love and affection and imagine him or her giving you a look that melts your heart. Think about the things you love the most about this special being. And with each breath, let your heart fill with the love and affection you feel. Imagine your two souls connected forever by the caring and the love you have for each other. And think the words light, love, love, light. For all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, we hope you have a loving and peaceful day and take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.